What is up, everybody? This is Jack Bushman and the big man Moneybags Hurt on his way to class again. He's a gentleman and a scholar, and he's single ladies. Get on this man. Oh, my God. Moneybags, <laughs> money how you new today, big guy? Doing all right. How about yourself? Been doing all right. Kind of a lazy day. Had to do some shoveling for the first time this winter, which sucked ass. Oof. Yeah, I kind of waited till today. I kind of slacked on that. Mother wasn't too happy. <laughs> yeah, I got, uh, I got home. Very early hours on Sunday, 8 a.m. after a long night out, and Paula was up and asked me to go shovel when I got home. <laughs> that probably was a nice, nice wake-up call. <laughs> oh yeah. You got uh, you got anything important at class day? Any tests or anything, or just listening? No, no, just lecture. So nothing too crazy today. Yeah, those days are kind of the worst. But uh, today is Monday, January 14th. Hawks recently cannot seem to stop losing four to three. No, it's been. It's... Three, three games in a row now with that score, and the past two have been in overtime to some pretty damn good teams. We've been playing well, but it's not good enough to get over that hump. Can't put the full 60 together, and that's what they need to win. They have two good periods, and you can't close it out. Like last game, we were last 20 minutes was seemed like we were on the penalty kill the whole 20 minutes. We were just not looking too hot out there. That's exactly what I was going to say. It was pretty much a 20-minute penalty <laughs> kill. But, I mean – Oh, it's it's still encouraging to see that a team that's clearly not a playoff team or doesn't have all the pieces to the puzzle. Our last three games have been against Calgary, Nashville, and Vegas, and we've lost by one goal to all of them, and we've looked good in stretches in those games. So it's encouraging to see that, you know, this team obviously that's not good enough has some of the pieces that can play well, but it's still frustrating to see that we can't come out with good wins against good teams, especially like Vegas when we should have won that game. Yeah, I definitely thought we could have closed that one out. That one's tough going up 3-1 and not being able to finish it. But like you said, three great teams, and we played pretty well against them. So it's it's very encouraging to see that. Definitely. there's We've been playing a lot better hockey the last month or so than what we have <laughs> the beginning of the season. Right. But looking back now on Wednesday night against Nashville, the Hawks, they played a solid game for the most part with some back-and-forth action. They allowed some bad goals in that one. They went down one nothing in the first after that bad Eric Gustafson turnover, and then he really failed to do anything after he turned it over. He just stood in front. He just stood in front of Delia and left Sissons wide open. Nothing Delia could do on that one. Gustafson's been good, but obviously, if you even just look on Twitter, he just gets absolutely destroyed on there because of his defense. Um, right. Uh, it's frustrating, you know. You like you love the offense, and you can't complain about him too much because exactly we haven't seen a defenseman like this in a while. But oh, he's still got to make those adjustments if he ever wants to be a top pairing guy or even a top four guy on a good team. You know, you're gonna need to play good defense at some point. And he's been up for three plus years now, so I don't know if he's ever gonna develop into that kind of defenseman, really. All right, it's it's hard to give him that ice time if he's gonna keep making those turnovers or bad plays, but yeah, the offense is awesome. I mean, what is he? I think he's top 10 in NHL scoring. He's like tied for 10th with like three guys, but yeah. I and mean, he's got that eight game point streak. Yeah. Eight game point streak. So it's hard to hate on him, but like, yeah, I mean, he, when he turns a puck over and it leads to a goal, that's kind of, kind of hurts you. But on that top, he, he's, he's been the one that got that top. Oh, play kind that trying, that triangle is rolling. Cat Kane and Gustafson. They're fun to watch right now for sure. Speaking of those guys, they were able to answer on the power play one nothing. Alex Debrinkit, he seems to be getting that backdoor one-timer down like Kane had with Panarin, which is awesome to see because 
that really was the flaw in our power play was we didn't have a right-handed shot over there that could shoot. So everybody knew, you know, to take away the shot from Patrick Kane. And then he'd just sit there playing with the puck for 45 seconds. We'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> right, right. So it's nice to see that we have that option back door in Alex Dabrinkit because it opens up a bunch of lanes. It opens up the one-timer to Gustafson from the point. It opens up the one-timer to Kane from the right side. And it opens up his regular shot, the regular wrister he likes to shoot from that right circle. So it's awesome to see that those three guys have just been fantastic on the power play. How about this right here, Moneybags? Blackhawks power play up to 20th in the NHL now. Wow, no longer dead last. Yeah, I know. For well, we'd be for a, saying that. For a minute there, we had the worst power play and worst penalty kill in the league. <laughs> God. But now we're putting we're putting uh, our special teams back to where it needs to be, at least on the power play side. So yeah, mm-hmm. good to see them up at 20th on that uh, Debrinket backdoor one time where Eric Gustafson was able to keep his point streak alive in that game. It was at seven. Of course, we now know it's at eight. But yeah, power play. If anybody's getting it done on the power play, or if the Hawks are scoring a power play goal center to rank it pretty much right now absolutely yeah that second unit's not going to do jack but uh, <laughs> we need to get Perlini out there man i know and i still hate keith and Siebs are out there i just i don't like that no no i'd rather i'd rather have yoki haru and carl <laughs> yeah seriously but uh yeah i mean that's what makes a good power play great is that when you have multiple uh options exactly. you know pass across shoot it and uh hawks have figured it out and now team's teams uh they're confused right right they don't know they don't know who to stop right it wasn't that um what am i trying to say here like they only had one look and that was it and they could easily defend against that look yeah exactly so So it's nice to see that we have yes we have options all over the place uh on all sides the point and both the circles so that's great to see but unfortunately right after that goal literally eight seconds after they score that power play goal the Hawks give up, give up a breakaway off the faceoff at center ice. I don't know what Carl Dahlstrom was doing here. Is he got torched off the center ice, face, center ice faceoff. P.K. Subban sprung Victor Harvidsson for that breakaway. Just like that, as fast as the Hawks tied it up, there it goes. Two on there goes the momentum. Yep. Exactly. Right. That killed us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's hard to do right off the faceoff. I mean. Those just, that, that just can't happen. not happen. Just cannot yeah. happen. You just no. can't. You can't let that happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, Dahlstrom and Murphy, they have been solid for the most part. But these last two games, they've, mm, they've kind of had a little bit of a rough patch. Obviously, you know, when you have a rookie like Carl Dahlstrom, that's going to happen. He's been fantastic along with Murphy. Right. But uh, just watching him, you know, get beat off the faceoff to allow a breakaway. And then against Vegas, he was a minus three. So he's mm-hmm. had a rough couple of games, but... I do expect him and Murphy to have a bounce back game tonight against New Jersey because those just that's just not the way they usually play. Right, right. It was right. tough to see, tough to see those yeah. guys allow that. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, they've been playing great for so long. So, so seeing that we weren't used to it, but hopefully they turn things back around tonight. But uh, Slater Cuckoo, Mike Slater Cuckoo, could you think, Do you think Dahlstrom would be the odd man out tonight after a rough game or? Who do you think they would slot out? Here we – this is some interesting information that we had at the morning skate this morning, Bags. So they didn't have line rushes at the morning skate this morning, so we really didn't get a good idea of who was going to be where in the lineup. But the last two guys on the ice talking to Jeremy Colleton were John Hayden and Chris Kunitz, and usually when that happens, 
that means those are the scratch guys. The last guys on the ice are usually the scratch guys. But mm-hmm. that means if they're both scratched, and also part of this oh. is Jeremy, Jeremy Calton said Slater Cuckoo could make his debut tonight. So could I'm be 7-D man kind of thing, I'm huh? Thinking. I'm yeah. thinking they could go 7 defensemen because neither Kunitz or Hayden have been really impressive. And with no. you know the current six guys we have on defense, you really don't want to take any of them out. Maybe Seabrook just to give him an off day because he's shit. Right. But I, I, don't see, I still don't see them doing that, sitting Seabrook. Probably not going to happen. So right. it would be really interesting to see if they play 7 defensemen for the first time this season. I'm really interested to see that because, you know, I don't really know what Slater Cuckoo brings to the table. He's only played 85 NHL. But he's a former first-round pick, and it was another nice, solid, small move by Stan Bowman. Yeah, we ta- beautiful. We were, talk- we were talking about that last episode, and like two days after the episode comes out, another nice move by Stan Bowman, throwing away Jan Ruda and his shit contract. We get Slater Cuckoo, not only him, but we somehow stole a 2019 fifth-round pick out of that. Yep, moved up two rounds for taking our cap space. and Why? They felt they needed to throw him in there. <laughs> right. But you know, it's it's an interesting trade. I mean, another first-round pick that didn't pan out, uh, a la Dylan Strom kind of style. So it would be cool to see if a new organization, and Perlini, you know, kind of – get things moving i mean how he's pretty old now right he's like 24 yeah slater's 24 24 so i mean he's still young still room to grow but i mean pretty much it'll be interesting yeah exactly it'll be interesting we'll see we'll see how it pans out i just love that um bowman's been able i mean obviously nobody loved this like the signings of manning and ruda really cost this team this season yeah we still have gotten, you know, not only have we gotten rid of those contracts and freed up money for free agency possibly this offseason, we've also added Drake Kajula, Slater, Cuckoo, and a 2019 fifth-round pick. Like, for right. getting rid of those guys, those are solid additions for, you know, you think you're going to trade away Jan Ruta or uh, Brandon Manning with those contracts. You're going to get the shit under the stick on that one, you think. And we really haven't. On either of those trades, we got, no. the, we got the benefit of it. Right, right. And those were deadweight guys that really weren't going to do much. And we got great, great uh, return for them. Yeah, so I'm excited to see how he pans in the lineup. If he is in the lineup tonight, Slayer Cuckoo, five goals, nine assists in 85 career NHL games over five seasons, a former first-round pick in 2012. And the tough part for the Tampa Bay Lightning, he was picked right in between Jacob Truba and Philip Forsberg. Yeah. Ouch. That, Imagine that Tampa with those, with just either of those guys. It's just yeah. filthy. <laughs> yeah, that would be disgusting. Um, do you have a stats hold Forsberg, up right now? Yeah, I do. Uh, I have What's his average time on ice? Slater Kuko. I don't actually have his average time on ice. I just thought you okay. meant other stats, but I can look it up real quick here. Yeah, I'm curious but, to see um, what that is, but go well, ahead. How much the, he uh... plays. Uh, Philip Forsberg, yeah. we were actually talking about him at a pretty good time. Uh, back to that Nashville game, Philip Forsberg, obviously. Uh, on the power play, late in the second, he made it 3-1 to one Blackhawks penalty kill. Comes back to bite them again. I just don't know, like, with – I just don't think Marcus Kruger is as valuable to this team as he was in the past, and it's killer no. for he's making that much money. Yeah. You know what his role was. His role was to play fourth line center and be great on the penalty kill. And our penalty kill has been dog shit from day one, from day one. Mm -hmm. So it just seems like every game where we have like, like a a penalty kill could either make or break our momentum. 
it never makes it. It seems like it breaks it more times than not, right. don't you think? No, absolutely. I mean, and it's always at the worst timing possible, it seems to. Like, yeah, end exactly. of the period, start of the period, or, like, right after we score or draw a stupid penalty, like, five seconds in they score. So, it's always a bad time, but uh, going back on Marcus Kruger, I feel like we as fans are kind of stuck in the past, because I remember back when they would throw out Kruger and Frolik, and it was, God. like, game over. Like, you, they weren't getting they were anything awesome. done. And now Kruger just seems like a shell of his person. I mean, he was never – Obviously, never an offensive weapon or anything. He was brought in to do one job, and he did it very well. But he's a shell of what he used to bring to this team, it seems. Um, so I don't think I don't think we're going to bring him back this next year. And no way. I'll free up even more cap. So I don't know if anyone will bring awesome. him back. Yeah, exactly. But uh, free agency will be very interesting, to say the least, for the Blackhawks. All right, so you were interested in the Slater Cuckoo time on ice. So yes. in um, – his five seasons in Tampa Bay, he averaged 12 minutes of time on ice. So for a defenseman, okay. that ain't shit. <laughs> yeah. That is for, nothing. Right. So who knows? Maybe a little more ice time, getting paired up with better defensemen. Because I guarantee you he was never with Hedman. Or, oh, no. He was playing um, bottom line no. minutes, dude. So he with in, Jason Garrison when he was there. <laughs> in, uh, in his last game. He, his last he hasn't played since November nineteenth, dude. Wow, that's tough. He hasn't played since November nineteenth, and he played nine minutes thirty seven seconds. Which even for a forward, that's not much. But for a defenseman, yeah, that's defense really been... nothing. That's yeah, really that's nothing. not much at all. So, who really knows about this guy? He could be a nice right. little nice little addition if he turns into nothing, just like Drake Kajula. At least we got rid of big money. It'll help us mm-hmm. out later in free agency. So it'll be interesting to see how he slots into the lineup tonight against New Jersey. Never a bad thing to add a little competition to, to the. Oh, exactly. It should make for everybody uh, to play their best if you want to stay in the lineup. Mm-hmm. So now going back to the Blackhawks Nashville game, we were down 3 1 after that Phil Forsberg power play goal, which was late in the second period. As we said, it always seems to be late in the period when momentum's on the line. And then right after that, David Kampf took a terrible penalty late in the period to give the Predators another power play. But fortunately, it worked out in the Hawks' favor because our guy, Marcus Kruger, his third apple of the year, <laughs> made an, yeah, terrible. Made an incredible pass to Johnny Taze on that shorthand rush. Taze ripped it blocker high. Passed Rene, cut the lead in half. Finally, it just seemed that we got the momentum boost at the end of the period rather than the right. other team going into the third period. So it was nice to see. Shorthanded, I don't know when was the last time I've seen the shorthanded goal from the Blackhawks. Jesus, to be honest. Yeah, I have no idea. That was a big one uh, for momentum in this game. Gave us some good momentum into the third period. Pretty evenly matched third period. Both teams getting some good chances. But, of course, who comes up clutch for the Hawks? The big dog. Patty Kane finding Artie (laughs) in the slot to beat Rene Fivehole. Tie the game up 3-3 with two and a half minutes left in the third. And I was really hoping – this was the momentum boost the Hawks needed to finally win an overtime game. Right. Nope. <laughs> it's just not not got good for this team. We're such a bad overtime team. And that overtime was like a shell of the Hawks in overtime. The Hawks lost the opening faceoff. They didn't touch the puck for a whole minute, and then Phil Forsberg just roofed one over Delia, and that was the game. Yeah. It's like, God damn, we can never do anything in overtime. Right. I think our only overtime win this season was at Eric Gustafson fucking uh, overtime goal against Florida that barely even happened because the Brink had scored with 0.7 seconds left. 
Right. I really off memory. That's the only overtime game I remember going our way, besides Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane early on in the season. Mm-hmm. Seems like we've lost like nine of our last ten overtime games. See, that's th- our three on three lines are just not good. I mean, you look at pretty much every other team is going to have more depth or better players to throw out with, you know, more ice to skate around, fast players. And I mean, when you get down the depth charts to you know, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, no, there's really no not. one out there that could keep up with the speed of some of the forwards. They're not fast guys. Yeah, no. Three on three doesn't play to their strengths at all. <laughs> no, right. <clears throat> so, yeah, well, you're right. Absolutely. When it <laughs> comes time for those guys to get on the ice instead of Gustafson, Kane, and Taze, mm-hmm. we're fucked. So, we are. We are. Tough to see. Another tough four to three loss against top team in the division. So Nashville, Calgary, four to three losses, two of the hottest teams in the Western Conference. And as we said earlier, nice to see the Hawks compete. But with the Western Conference middle of the pack struggling so hard right now, if we start winning some of those games, we're right in it. We're only right. six points back still. Still right. only six points back. And we have one win in 2019. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, crazy. <laughs> we're right there still. Yeah, I mean it's up, it's up in the up in the air for for the wild card spots. So it'll make for an inch, and that's what's frustrating. It's like, do we push that or exactly accept the tank? You know, I mean, obviously we're not going to be able to really do much in the playoffs, but as a fan, you know, it's it's you want what are you we? want to compete, you know, right? Absolutely, you want to compete. You don't want to tank, but you also want to tank. <laughs> if you, I mean, if you think about it, if like the Western Conference middle of the pack wasn't ass, we'd be way out of it like oh yeah I, we have 41 points and we're still in it through fucking 47 games like That's why is that a thing <laughs> yeah. you know so it we're kind of in that tough limbo right now where you see us play well against good teams and you're like oh can we beat bad teams and make a run here late and then you know depending like how we play against teams that aren't top of the like top of the nhl like calgary nashville i think tonight against new jersey is like a big test to see how we can play against teams we should beat. Right. Yeah, this this should be a good test. Exactly. Because we've had some tough teams in 2019, if you think about it. Our schedule has been start off with the Bruins on the Winter Classic. That's a tough game. Then we played in New York, which randomly the Islanders are damn good this year, so that's a tough game. Right. Then we come back in Pittsburgh. You know, that's even though the Hawks play well against Pittsburgh, they beat them 10 in a row, that's no gimme in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And then the next night we have Calgary and then Nashville and then Vegas. So it's like, shit. We've been playing tough teams, so it's really tough to get an indicator of, you know, you think this team's good because we're playing well against good teams, but we haven't seen us play against teams we should beat. Like, if we have those games coming up with New Jersey, even though they're a good home team, we probably should do this well against good teams. And then we have the Rangers mm-hmm. after. So I think these next two games are gigantic uh, determinators of what, what we have right now. I mean, we kind of know what we have right now, in conference, we don't know how we match up with those struggling teams. Right. See uh, how the Hawks go about that business. Uh, but looking back at that Vegas game, Vegas arguably the hottest team in the league. What was? Did you see that? Did you watch the game bags? Like you see the stat about Nate Schmidt by chance? Oh Vegas's yeah. Vegas's record with I Nate saw Schmidt that on Twitter or something. Yeah. It's yeah, they're like ridiculous. with Nate Schmidt after that twenty game suspension, they have like three regulation losses or something stupid. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> Yeah, so, that's that's crazy. That one player, I guess. I don't know if that. Well, that's it was like Johnny like Oduya. Nemeth. 
Do you remember yeah. Johnny Oduya when the Hawks first got him? Because we uh, got him, like, the lockout, and we were amazing <laughs> in that run. But, like, Johnny yeah. Oduya, the Hawks were, like, 27-1-5 or something in their first, like, 35 games. It's like, yeah, Johnny Oduya was the missing link. <laughs> right. But, yeah, looking back at that Vegas game now, against, yeah, one of the hottest teams in the NHL, Hawks were 0-5-0 against Vegas in their short history. And the last time these two played in the UC, it was that embarrassing 8-3 loss mm-hmm. where the Hawks were dominated from start to finish. We allowed two goals to Eakin, two goals to Shea Theodore. Daniel Carr got a goal. <laughs> Ryan oh, yeah. got a goal. It was disgusting. So it was nice to see the Hawks come out and uh, really dominate the first period of play against one of the best teams in the entire mm-hmm. NHL. You know, yep. just, just 50, uh, 16 minutes into the game, we saw the Hawks – Score three goals. One of them obviously was waved off because Brandon fucking Saad can't drag his goddamn skate. <laughs> Lazy ass. It's not like even like Patrick Kane made a stick handle at the line. He just was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I saw annoying. that. I, I saw that right off the bat. I'm like, that's offsides, and of course they score. And I'm like, yep, here comes the challenge. That was so it wasn't annoying. Even close. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't even close. Yeah. God, Saad's frustrating, but we saw the big guns continue to play like they have previously. We saw Alex DeBrinket. Strike for his 22nd of the season, but the play was took advantage of that max touch running tune. Kitty put home the rebound to make it one nothing Hawks. Alex DeBrinket now has goals in four straight games and 11 in his past 16 games. Awesome That's to see that he's nice. already got 23 on the season through 47 games. He's He's gonna he's gonna hit thirty for sure, which is awesome. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, he's gonna surpass his last year amount, which is nice. Keep keep growing, uh, which is always nice to see that we have promising prospects still. Exactly, and he's only in his sophomore year. And uh, this was an interesting uh, article I saw that was written by Laz. If you go back and look at that draft, where do you draft Alex DeBrinket? He's like he was a steal for thirty nine. Like, oh, oh, absolutely. I can't believe um, – obviously, people saw the goal-scoring touch he had in the OHL. In three years, he had 60. But because of his size, no one wants anything to do with him. So, um, you know, size isn't everything. And Dabrinkit just keeps making everybody know that because he is for real. Alex Dabrinkit is absolutely for real. Yeah. I mean, it's – thank you, Andrew Shaw, for that trade. Got that pick from – that trade, but yeah, I mean, a lot of teams passed on him, and to get him that late yeah. is incredible, and he's panning out. Let's quickly go back at that draft where we have a minute here. Obviously, number one was Matthews. Number two was Patrick Laine. But after that, you have Pierre-Luc Dubois. I'd probably rather have the – I mean, that's tough, but I don't know. That's like a toss-up, really. Two there. different players, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think Columbus would mind having either of those guys. And then fourth was uh, Yassi Puyarvi, rather have the Brinkett. Yep. Uh, Oli Chualevi for Vancouver hasn't even played in the league yet. You Levy. You Levy. And then uh, Matt Kachuk, that's a tough one. Clayton Keller. But besides that, you know, Alex Brinkett makes his case to be, should have probably been top five pick in that draft, which is awesome. Absolutely. Great steal. Thank you, Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's been fantastic. Five goals in his past four games for the Cat. And about 10 minutes later on the power play, we saw Patty Kane score for real this time, his 25th of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he had his first shot blocked. He was able to put that second one past Flurry to make it 2 nothing Blackhawks at home in the first. And Eric Gustafson uh, recorded the secondary assist on that Kane power play goal, extending his point streak to eight. And the last time the Hawks had a man with an eight-game point streak was all the way back in 2013 with Duncan Keith when they won the Stanley Cup. So, wow, Eric yeah, Eric Gustafson's offensive upside is legit, and hopefully he'll be able to keep that streak going tonight against New Jersey. Yes, sir. Just without the defensive lapses. <laughs> right. But without Vegas, the turnovers. Yeah, no turnovers. No turnovers, Gus. Vegas, unfortunately, came out flying in the second. Alex Tuck able to put home a rebound, cut the Hawks' lead in half less than two minutes into the second period. But once again, Blackhawks had a power play, and who else would be responsible for a power play goal besides the big three, baby? <laughs> uh-huh. That one we saw DeBrinkett. Beautiful, beautiful feed from Patrick Kane. One-timer, past Mark andre Fleury, second of the night, 23rd of the season. He has now, or Patrick Kane now, has recorded his fourth straight multi-point game. Kane now has a point in 12 of his past 13 games, and he is on track to come pretty close to his point total of 106 during his MVP season bags. Honestly, Patty Kane... If the league, I mean, obviously the offense is up in this year's league, but I think uh-huh. he could be playing better right now than he was in his MVP season. Well, that's crazy to think about without Panarin. I know. And with the offense struggling for most of the season, he's been on fire. Oh, yeah. He's not showing any signs of slowing down at all, which is, which is huge. Yeah. Well, yeah, still in his prime, but he's just putting up the same numbers, it seems, or the same great great numbers year after year, which is always nice for the Hawks because offense – well, now the offense is not there for the team-wise, but – He's been consistent. consistent. No matter no matter what, what team we've had, no matter what team we've had, he has been consistent. And that's what's awesome is you really don't know what his ceiling is because every year he does this, you know. He's exciting. He's one of the top players in the NHL every, every game, you know. He shows up right. every night no matter what's going on with the Blackhawks, no matter their – have three wins in two months he's gonna be there he's that consistent guy and it's awesome to see at 30 years old he's had no signs of slowing down in fact it's kind of been the exact opposite all right speeding up yeah so hopefully patty kane keeps this run going 12 of his last 13 he has points in that's friggin awesome to see and that got the hawks up three to one against the vegas golden knights second best team in the western conference and then it all kind of went downhill from their bags. First 35 minutes were great. As we said earlier, last 25 minutes were a goddamn penalty kill. <laughs> yep. Ryan Carpenter scored a gigantic goal in the final minute of the second. That It just kind of gave you that feeling in your stomach that Vegas was going to make this one a tough one to win. And the Hawks, right. they, they did a good job. I mean, obviously, they were surged on the entire third period, but they did a good job of surviving that surge for the most part. Then, unfortunately, we saw Paul Stasny put home a rebound to tie it up with just four minutes to go. And once again, the guy we've talked about a couple times on this episode, Carl Dahlstrom, was caught not doing what he has done so well in his time up. He got caught puck watching, which we haven't said about anyone in a long time, which is good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he just kind of didn't check his man, eventual goal scorer, Paul Stasny, and ended up biting the Blackhawks. That goal really, I mean... After that goal, I kind of had the feeling we weren't going to win, to be honest. Oh, with yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They were, Hawks were outshot 12-5 to five in the third, 
But God, did it not feel like we had five shots on that? At least to no. me. I saw that we had five shots on goal, and I was like, "We have five? I was like, "That might be generous. Like that might right. be a couple. That might be a couple Siebes dumps from from the defensive zone that landed on net." Like <laughs> bounce. Yep. Long are the, long are the days when you had a three-one lead as a Hawks fan. You knew. And we you were, were confident. Running. Yep. So with you know us having the thirtieth best penalty kill in the league playing a 20-minute penalty kill is not going to end up well for us. And nope. overtime went the exact way you thought it would. Shea Theodore scored his fifth goal this season and third against the Blackhawks. <laughs> this is me. I know. I saw that. That was nuts. Three goals in three games against the Blackhawks and two goals in 42 games against the rest of the NHL. And, of course, he hits the overtime winner. Well, it, it was credited to Theodore, but it was really Carl Dahlstrom putting it through Delia's five Yeah. Goal. Delia should have saved that. I don't know. I That's mean, what I said. He, I said he that came in the... on his backhand, right? Yeah, he came in on mm-hmm. his backhand, and there was nothing, nowhere else where the puck could go. He should have been down. I said that on the on the Twitter account. I said I think that was the first bad goal Colin Delia's allowed. Right. Yeah, I saw that, and I just yeah, you got to cover that five hole. That was tough. But uh, then not, again, not really. I am not sport, a goalie, but... and I am not an NHL goalie. So. <laughs> yeah, so not, you don't really. Obviously, easier said than done. Going yeah, at NHL right. level speed. Check my resume. I don't think I have an NHL goalie. <laughs> You're not going to try to lie and throw that on the resume? You're right. I was an NHL goalie for a couple months. Gave it up. Not enough money in the business. Yeah. <laughs> Concussion just, problems. Just a tough night for Carl Dahlstrom, man. We had, um, in his 14 games up with the Blackhawks this season, he had been a minus just twice. No worse than a minus one, and then against Vegas, we saw him be a minus three, a rough minus three, too, of course, directly involved in the overtime winner. Obviously, yep. that's going to happen to a rookie, so it's more about how you bounce back from those games than the game itself, especially in a year where the Blackhawks' defense has been so terrible as a whole. Those games are going to happen to everybody pretty much. So right. I think it's just important that Carl Dahlstrom and Connor Murphy have a bounce-back game tonight against the top line of the New Jersey Devils. Absolutely. So now looking where the Blackhawks are, as we said, they have just one win in the new year. They are now 1-2-3 in 2019, and they have dropped three in a row. This has their season record at 16-22-9. So looking at the game tonight at 6 in New Jersey, that game starts in 20 minutes actually here, Bag, so. I'll miss the whole game. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. But <laughs> it's a battle uh. of two teams. Ah, shit. It's a battle of two teams who are currently fighting to gain ground in the standings. The Hawks, as I said earlier, 16-22-9 on the season, but somehow only six points out of a playoff spot. So we're right there in the mix still. And New Jersey 17-20-7 on the year, but don't let that record fool you because the Devils have a 12-5-4 record at home this season. They just happen to be the worst team on the road in the NHL. I know, it's crazy how that happens. Yeah, and the, the Blackhawks are 8-12-3 on the road, so this is no gimme for the Hawks tonight against you know a team that – Probably wouldn't expect to be in this spot in New Jersey after making the playoffs last year. Right. But, you know, they're still a good team at home. The Devils have also given the Blackhawks some trouble in the past couple of seasons. So this is the first meeting between the two teams this season, and they'll play again in exactly one month in Chicago. But looking at the game tonight, we know the starting goaltender matchup will be Cam Ward versus the rookie Mackenzie Blackwood. I was hoping Delia would snag the start so we could see two rookies duke it out. But I understand uh-huh. Cam Ward. I understand Cam Ward getting the start and keeping the 24-year-old rookie fresh. Right. Yeah, it's first year in the league. Don't want to overuse him too much, but 
But yeah, exactly. You don't want Cam Ward just rotting on your bench. Exactly, especially when you're paying when you're paying him some money. You should give him yeah. spot starts and use him as a veteran wisely. Give give him uh, keep him around. Give him spot starts to keep uh, Delia fresh and looking good. And although the numbers, as we say, they're not good at all for Cam Ward, he hasn't been a bad goalie for us this year. Those numbers, right. they're not a direct indicator of the game he's playing. Our defense was trash for when he was playing early on in the season. So it's not like it's not like um, starting Cam Ward is really a bad thing. Honestly, he's played really good in most of his games that he started this year. But a lot of people get upset with seeing Ward start. Oh, Delia's so good. Like Blackhawks Twitter Nation is just so annoying, so frustrating. We Hawks very... fans are toxic. Oh, it's so honest. bad. It's so bad. They just love yeah. throwing their voice around when they know nothing about nothing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure once I go look at the Twitter account, there'll be some grief for. Why is Cam Ward starting night? Just like every night Chris Kunis plays. Why the fuck is Chris Kunis in the lineup? What the fuck? He's terrible. Yeah. It's like, what, are we just going to sit the 40-year-old on the bench all damn season? Right. Like, <laughs> we're a bad team. Fuck it. Just play them. Right. Like, well. It doesn't matter. People get so butthurt over the dumbest things. Seriously. But looking at Mackenzie Blackwood, Bagsy, he's actually been money in the bank for the he's Devils. He's a wall. Yeah, he's a and brick wall from. Keith Kincaid shit the bed this year. But oh, in <laughs> In nine games for Blackwood, he's posted some good-ass numbers. He's got a 4-2 and two record with a 1.85 goals allowed average and a 9.47 save percentage. So pretty much Colin Delia in his first four games. Right. Those are some good numbers. Yeah, so he's going to be tough to beat tonight. Um, as we said earlier, not 100% sure what the lines will be for the Hawks because they didn't have any line rushes at the morning skate. But I honestly think playing seven defensemen and giving Slater Cuckoo a chance to get in the lineup um, throw him around in different spots. I don't think that's a bad idea, especially with John Hayden and Chris Kunitz struggling so hard this season. Yeah, it's not a bad idea at all. See, see where he fits, see how he plays with different people, and we'll see. I'm just honestly excited uh, to see what kind of player he is because I really have no idea, like, a lot about him. He's 6'2", right. 200 pounds. He's a big defenseman. He's only 24. Gives the Hawks some good size they need, but 85 games over a five-year span isn't really anything to, like, see consistency out of. You don't really know what this guy's going to bring to the table. Unlike, right, unlike Perlini, season. Yeah, unlike Perlini yeah. and Kadrila and Strom, you kind of had a feel of what those guys were good at. From Tampa Bay, I haven't heard anything about Slater Cuckoo. Like, I've heard nothing no. about him. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited. He's getting a fresh chance here in Chicago. So hopefully he takes advantage of it because he could bring some size to the defense. And he honestly could be – a sol- maybe a solid seven-man now that Brandon uh-huh. Davidson's down in Rockford. So it'll be interesting to see how the Blackhawks go about that tonight. I don't, I don't mind the seven defenseman look tonight if they do go with it. No, not at all. One thing I do have to say, though, Ren Perlini, he should be back in the lineup tonight. I expect him to be. He wasn't talked to uh, late after practice like Kunitz and Hayden were. I'm just so – I was so frustrated to see him scratched against Vegas because – we say this in pretty much every episode. I love Jeremy Calton. I really think he's done a good job. But playing Brendan Perlini seven to eight nights is a waste of him. And it could cost right. the Hawks down the road because, oh, let's say Perlini goes out and has Anthony Duclair next year. We're going to be pissed. We're going to be pissed. We'll be like, oh, God damn it, we should have signed him for cheap. Well, maybe the right. reason why we didn't is because Jeremy Calton's playing him seven to eight minutes a night on third and fourth line. No special teams time. And how many guys are going to produce in that role? Like Patrick right. Kane can produce in seven and eight minutes, <laughs> but not many guys can do that. So uh-huh. we need to see Brennan Perlini get more time on ice. It's frustrating. We're going to waste him away. Drake Kajula right. comes Drake Kajula comes in and he plays three more minutes than him already. And 
Kajula hasn't been all that impressive. Like, he's done nothing offensively. He's been physical, but has he been that much better than Perlini? No. So right. I'm, I'm just pissed at that. That pisses me off because I just don't want to see someone like a first-round talent, a throw-in for the Nick Schmaltz trade that has a lot of upside to his game, be used poorly by our system. Absolutely. Frustrating to see, but, I know, with time we'll be able to tell. I'm eating a piece of Rosati's right now, Sean. Yeah, sounds <laughs> nice. Yeah, Thank you. But one benefit for the Hawks tonight, looking at the Devils lineup now, the reigning Hart Trophy winner, and to this point, the leading scorer for the Devils, Taylor Hall, will not be in the lineup tonight. It's huge. Yeah, so the Hawks need to take advantage with him out of the lineup, as even with him in the lineup, the Devils have struggled to score goals this season. Looking at some keys to the game tonight, Bags, one thing that stands out to me is that the Devils have the league's second-best penalty kill and the Hawks Ooh. have the hottest. Yeah, the Hawks have the hottest power play in the league. They have a power play goal in eight of their past nine games, and they are six for their last thirteen. So, yeah, interesting. It'll be a nice clash of uh, some good special team units going at it right there. And I think whoever gets the best of that battle with two teams that you know, kind of their game is up in the air. I think whoever gets the best of that battle could uh, have a really good chance at winning the game tonight. So hopefully, the Hawks are able to. Keep their hot hand going, even against one of the best penalty kills in the entire league. And then another really big key I have in this game is without Taylor Hall, the Devils have really been riding the hot hand of Nico. <clears throat> excuse me, Nico Heischer lately. He's got 10 points in their past 11 games. And he's playing on that top line with Marcus Johansson and Kyle Palmieri, mm-hmm. and that that top pairing does a lot of their scoring for them. They're they have the 26 hot. Uh, they score the 26 most goals per game in the league. So they have a hard time scoring goals. That top line does a lot for them. And, you know, against top lines, the defensive pairing that the Blackhawks want to play are Carl Dahlstrom and Connor Murphy. So I think a big key to this game is that Connor Murphy and Dahlstrom have a bounce-back game against that top line. They play significant time in the defensive zones. Um, like 65 to 70% of their zone starts come in the defensive zone because Carlton wants to play them in the mm-hmm. defensive zone because they're really good against the top pairing. And they struggled the past two games. And if the Blackhawks want to win this game tonight against a solid home team, I think those two have to outplay the Devils' top pairing, or the top line, I should say. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how Dahlstra and Murphy bounce back after really having their first struggles uh, since being paired together. Mm-hmm. That'll be a big key tonight. Absolutely. Slow that line down, and their depth really isn't all that impressive exactly. offensively-wise. So if we could contain them, we have a good chance tonight of winning. They're about, yeah, and that actually ties directly into my last key, Bagsy. Thank you for saying that. Last key for me, it was a key for last game. We got to win the bottom six matchup. Their bottom six is garbage. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not looking really good. <laughs> but the Hawks' bottom six seems to do nothing every game. The Hawks, mm-hmm. struggle, the Hawks struggle to get much out of their bottom six, even with guys like Perlini, Kajula, you know, um, Brandon Sods now on that third line. So the Devils' bottom six with, like, Miles Wood, it's kind of given the Hawks a little bit of a hard time in the past, but – Right now, the Devils' bottom six is weak. The Hawks' bottom six needs to take advantage of that, and if the Hawks' bottom six can outscore the Devils' bottom six, I think we win this game tonight because you know what Kane, Debrinkin, and Gustafson have been doing right now. Absolutely. If they can just, if they can just get a little bit of help, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help the Hawks to win. They need to get over that three-goal hump. They need to score more than three. And hopefully tonight's the night they do it and get their second win of 2019 because – Luckily, teams are giving Hawks a chance right now, and the Hawks are not taking advantage of it fully. And they need to start doing that because uh, 
even with a terrible Western Conference, it could still get uglier for us right now. So hopefully mm-hmm. the Hawks Absolutely. have that bounce-back game in Jersey tonight. That game starts in about 15 minutes or so. So I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Talking Hockey here, guys. As always, thank you so, so much to all the listeners out there. I really appreciate it more than you guys know. If you're listening on Twitter, or if you're on Twitter, not listening on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, make sure to give at Talk Hockey a follow for all Blackhawks news and updates. And as always, I'll be live tweeting the game tonight versus Devils at 6 o'clock. Go Hawks, baby. Let's get a big dub tonight. Take advantage of a struggling New Jersey Devils team. From Jack Bushman to Money Bags Hurt, thank you guys all so much. Money, have a good class, buddy. I'm sorry you're not going to be able to catch the game tonight, but I'll be texting you some updates, homie. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right, Till next time, guys. Thank you again for listening. Go Hawks, and peace out.